Hello, listeners. It's Lawrence Coletti, executive producer of Legal Talk Network. I want to tell you about one of our more hilarious yet still very informative podcasts called Thinking Like a Lawyer. Twice a month, hosts Ellie Mastall and Joe Patrice from Above the Law dive into what it's like to see the world from a lawyer's perspective, meaning they jabber on about politics, current events, this, that, and the other, sometimes with the guest and sometimes not. But if you're looking for a filterless podcast, check it out. Thinking Like a Lawyer on our website at LegalTalkNetwork.com, in iTunes, or on your favorite podcast platform. And now, back to the show. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, I'm Monica Bay. And I'm Bob Ambrogi. We've been writing about law and technology for more than 30 years. That's right. During that time, we've witnessed many changes and innovations. Technology is improving the practice of law, helping lawyers deliver their services faster and cheaper. Which benefits not only lawyers and their clients, but everyone. And moves us closer to the goal of access to justice for all. Tune in every month as we explore new legal technology and the people behind the tech. Here on Law Technology Now. Welcome to Law Technology Now. This is Bob Ambrogi, and I'm speaking today with Tracy Stevens, Vice President of Product and Design at MyCase. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm actually here in the MyCase offices in San Diego today, so this is a, a, a special treat for me. Tracy, just for those listeners who might not know what MyCase is, let's start there. Tell us what MyCase is. Sure. Uh, MyCase is a legal practice management software it's cloud-based, and it really just helps lawyers uh, manage their practice and does everything from time tracking to case management, billing, and communication with their clients. And you are the vice president of product and design. What does that mean? What do you do here? I have the best job <laughs> of anyone here. Um, what we're responsible for is basically um, understanding our customers and figuring out what we want to build into the product, prioritizing the things that we work on, and working with the developers to make sure that we're delivering things that are really important to our customers in a way that's going to delight them and make their jobs a lot easier. Well, I hope we can talk a little bit more about that as this interview goes on, but let's talk a little bit more about you. What? How did you come to be at MyCase, and what did you do? What's your background? What did you do before you were here? So I came to MyCase. It was it was really serendipity. I had someone that I used to work for um, at another company who was a friend of the guy who was the general manager of my case at the time. And they talked about looking for a product person in San Diego. So we have our product and design and dev team located in San Diego. The rest of the company, uh, our sales, marketing, and support are in Santa Barbara. My case was founded in San Diego, and when they were looking to fill that product role, he reached out to my friend and he said, hey, if you're looking for a product person in San Diego, you might want to talk to Tracy. And you know, we talked and really hit it off. We had a lot in common in terms of our product philosophy and you know, all of those things, and so it was really, it was really a good match. What is that? When you talk about a product philosophy, what are you, what are you talking about? What, what kinds of things, what kinds of philosophy do you bring to... Uh to products in general? Well, I think, uh, again, it's an alignment with Appfolio, who who now is our parent company, and 
you know, how my case was founded, but just a really um, strong focus on the customers. And, you know, Appfolio has one of its its corporate values that says listening to customers is in our DNA. And I just I just think that's so important in terms of having a really strong product and having the ability to focus on customers as kind of the foundation to that. And it's one of those things. I've been doing product management for almost 20 years now. And to be honest, I was getting a little cynical about you know, companies and the the ability to really do it the way that you think that it should be done. There's always a lot of other pressures and influences and, uh, you know, motivations that happen inside companies. And, you know, I was wondering, am I, am I just being idealistic? And, and then, you know, this opportunity came around and, you know, I've been here, it'll be two years in September and the honeymoon's not, not over yet. I'm really enjoying it here. It's a great Great. company. Good. So this whole area of uh, cloud-based practice management is still relatively new. I mean, the first the first of these products only came along, I want to say, five, six years ago. Um, I, I think Clio and Rocket Matter were the first two in this space. In my case, it was very soon after that, uh, one of the ones that came along very quickly after that. But I think a lot of lawyers are still on the fence about using a practice management platform or maybe uncertain about why they even should? I mean, when you talk to lawyers, what what do you tell them about why this kind of application is important to them and why they should use it? I think you're right. I think people just start working the way they work, and it's really hard to think about how doing something a different way is going to, you know, help you or make things easier for you. And so, you know, we often just talk, I mean, to, really the easiest way is to show it's, you know, you can talk and talk and talk, but, you know, I think lawyers like other consumers, you know, they've had enough of being talked to and talked at and, and it's, you know, it's easier to just demonstrate to them kind of, let me, let me show you what we mean. And I think seeing the, the integration between all of the different pieces of the product and the way that it creates, um, less rework for them to have to do something in one program and then transfer some of the information over to this other program and and keep moving information around to, to have things work seamlessly amongst the different sets of um, functionality really just saves a lot of time. It reduces errors. It gives a lot of opportunity to have a better interaction with their clients and to be more responsive to their clients. The benefit of it is really different for, for every person depending on the type of practice they have, how they run their practice, um, the type of engagement they want to have with their clients. You know, we see people using different pieces of the product in, in very different ways to drive different results in their business. And so, you know, one of the things that we really try to do when someone says they might be interested in the software is to give them a demo, you know, a, a, a very uh, tailored demo based on their own needs of their firm because that's where they're going to see the value. There's so much in the product and, you know, not every piece is as relevant to everyone depending on what they're trying to get done. Again, just as I just said, there are other companies in this space, obviously, and uh, sometimes it seems like there's a new one springing up uh, every other every other week. Uh, there have been a lot of companies coming into this area so, you know, what's your kind of uh, elevator pitch for why my case over any of the other products in this in this space? Right. So, you know, I won't even argue with you. I, I agree that there's a lot of competitors and there are new ones springing up. And the reason that new ones are springing up is because there's there's a lot of opportunity in this space. There's a lot of 
needs that our customers have that of things they're trying to get done and and you know they're looking for solutions to help them to be more competitive to be more efficient and uh, you know most of the competitors the ones you mentioned and 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 some of the others I think it is a a pretty level playing field in terms of this idea of kind of check the box. Everybody has to have this long list of functionality and just to be a player, you have to check the box and show that you do these certain things. And to a large extent, you're right. I think a lot of customers in this space view, you know, um, the products as, as substitutes for one another. And so, you know, what I would say about my case specifically is that there's a few things. One is that the way the software works together, we get a lot of comments about the ease of use of the software especially uh, customers that have come from other software. They say, you know, my case is a lot more intuitive. It's a lot easier to use. It's a lot easier for me to figure out how to get up and running and be successful with it. So we take a lot of pride in that. We also get a lot of feedback about our client portal. I think customers are looking for ways to better interact with their clients. And whether you're trying to expand geographically into other areas and using the client portal as a way to do that, or you're trying to be more efficient, or you're just trying to provide you know, a complement to really great hands-on, high-touch service, the client portal can meet those needs. And so that's kind of a a feature where I think we do stand stand out amongst our competitors right now. Describe what that is, because again, there may be some listeners who don't ever 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 worked with a client portal or don't know what that is. Oh right, right. So a client portal is is um, you know a secure communication vehicle um, for you and your clients. You can invite them to the portal, and then it gives them a a safe, secure place to log in and see the details of their case, whatever details you want to share. So not everything gets shared with them. You share on a one-off basis if you want to share an event with them, if you want to share a document with them. Um, There's a messaging app. And so it becomes a centralized place where all information about their case exists. They can access it, you know, 24 hours a day. With the messaging tool, it helps them, you know, feel like they can engage with you when it's convenient for them and, and customers can respond when it's you know, convenient for them to do so. And so it just, it really uh, simplifies and keeps everything in one space, which makes it easier for everyone to to interact with each other in that engagement. And the security is a key to that as well. I mean, there's it, been a lot of, just an ABA ethics opinion recently on the steps that lawyers have to take to ensure the security of their client confidentiality, of their client communications rather, and uh, being able to go through a portal kind of alleviates a lot of those problems because you don't have to worry about whether to encrypt email and whether to encrypt attachments. Exactly, and that kind of exactly. Opinion. And we, we have had a number of people reach out to us, both customers and prospects, after that. I don't know if it's called a ruling or just a Opinion. Yeah. I don't opinion. know. It was the, opinion. The, uh, yeah. What the technical term is. But um, yeah, we had a number of customers reach out to us to to understand that better and to understand, you know, if the client portal would be something that could help them with that. And, um, you know, we've seen usage amongst our own customers uh, really, really take off. Um, we've done a lot of improvements to the client portal over the last six to eight months. And uh, I think it's a pretty pretty great experience. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I wondered. I've I've actually heard not not from you and not from my case, but some I've heard some other practice management uh, companies that I've spoken to say it's can be hard to get lawyers to use the portal or to want to use that feature of it. That even the lawyers themselves, let alone the clients, don't necessarily understand the value of it. 
Have you seen that at all? Or? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I take, I take blame for that because I feel like if we haven't done a great job of helping our customers understand the portal and what their clients will experience, you know, obviously the portal is going to be a big reflection of them and their firms. And if we haven't done a good job of helping them understand what that is, um, then, then shame on us. And so that's where a lot of our focus has been and, uh, you know, helping to educate our own customers about what the portal is, how they use it. Um, I was just on a customer visit last week with two of my coworkers where they said they wouldn't want to use the portal because they didn't want to share everything about the case with the client. And so we had to tell them, well, it doesn't automatically share everything about the case. You choose what you want to share with them. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback about, you know, the portals, it's a bit of a black box. You know, I don't know what my client's going to see. So we've done a lot of work to help them at each stage understand like what the client experience is going to be, what the client is going to see in that process. And so, um, there's still a lot more work to do, but the good news about having a lot of customer interactions and really understanding we reach out, we have an entire team here who's focused um, exclusively on the client portal. They talk every day to customers. And so the more we learn about how our customers are using it and finding value, the easier it is for us to turn around and help demonstrate that value to, to customers who aren't using it or, or prospects. So in 2015, the parent company, uh, Appfolio, which owns my case, um, went through an, a public offering. Uh, it was unusual in the legal area, although Appfolio is not a, uh, their other products are outside, I guess, the, the, the legal uh, industry, uh, although probably kind of cross over into them in, in some ways because they deal with property management, real estate management. But uh, it was still unusual to have any kind of a legal startup or legal tech company being involved in, in, a, in, a, in an IPO of any kind because it just hasn't happened much in the legal area. I'm wondering if you think that uh, the fact that Appfolio is a publicly traded company uh, brings any value to the end customer? I mean, is, is, do, do your customers get any benefit from the fact that this you're owned by a public company? Oh, as absolutely. As opposed to any other kind of a, yeah. I mean, I, I believe so because this is, you know, one of the things, if you look at the ABA tech survey and you look at the reasons that customers in a space cite when they say they're, they're evaluating companies, they talk about the reputation of the company and the stability of the company. I think anytime you're talking about cloud-based providers, you know, there is that sense of who, who are these guys and, you know, who has my data and are they going to be around for the long term? And so I think, um, you know, I, I, I can't speak for our customers in that way, but what it would say to me is that this is a more stable company. It's a well-capitalized company. It's not you know, it's a company that's going to be around and it's a company that I can trust and partner with because, you know, we're going to grow and evolve together. One of the things that uh, kind of spurred this this uh, interview was uh, a, a column I wrote, um, I think at Above the Law, about uh, kind of urging tech companies uh, to take a holistic approach to product design and uh, to think uh, you know, more about the, the workflow, think about how their products fit into a lawyer's overall workflow. Um, Nikki Black, who works for my case, uh, what is her title? She's got a wonderful title. Technology Evangelist. Technology Evangelist, okay, yeah. Uh, that's the title I want. Um, wrote, and she wrote a column uh, kind of taking issue with my column 
And I, I don't think we actually disagreed all that much. I think maybe I wasn't all that clear in my first, in my first column um, because she seemed to think that I was suggesting uh, that there was some advantage uh, to approaches taken by other companies. I mean, within this practice management area, uh, different companies have taken different approaches to how they build out the features of their platforms. And uh, Clio, for example, and not to talk about the competitors, but uh, Clio uh, has uh, pursued an approach of doing a lot of integrations with third-party uh, vendors uh, so that uh, you know they have the sort of core set of features, but uh, if you want uh, uh, credit card payment processing or uh, you know, any of a number of other things uh, you end up doing it through a third-party integration. It seems like Clio has taken, I mean, in my case, has taken an approach of more focusing on building it rather than buying it, if you want, so to speak. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have integrated credit card processing. You have your own uh, e-payment e system. I mean, just as one example. Um, so, I mean, what is sort of, how do you view what your approach is to building a practice management application versus how like a Clio might do it or, or something else. I mean, what is your overall kind of philosophy about how to approach this? Yeah, so so our long-winded question. Yeah, there's a there's a lot in there. I was trying to think of like where do where do I want to start with that? So I would say I kind of have two fundamental, you know, thoughts or reactions to to what you just said and one is that I don't start by thinking about integrations or not integrations. I start thinking about important customer problems and then how do we solve those problems, how we want, how we want to solve them. And part of my bias, I guess, in how we solve those problems is that I believe that all else being equal, our customers do want um, a single all-in-one platform rather than having to piece together a variety of third-party um, tools and applications. So, so I think the key phrase there, all else being equal. So it really depends on what the problem is and, um, you know, is there a solution that's, that's kind of predominantly used today or is this something that we'd be creating something to solve? So there's, there's a lot of different factors at play, but, but our feeling is if we can do something well, our customers would rather see it as a as a holistic product, because as as Nikki pointed out, you know we learn a lot of things about these integrations that you know you don't see in the marketing materials, and you know at Legal Tech and at Tech Show, I've had people talk to me. I've had vendors who are integrated with some of our competitors tell me about the problems with those integrations, yeah. and you know I don't need to go into detail in that here. That's that's not my intention, but um, the the issue is. Integrations are tough to do well, yeah. and what I learned that I didn't know before is that integrations that aren't done very well can actually increase the risk to the customers because there's data that could get lost, yeah. there's things that don't transfer in the way that you think they should, and, and other issues. And there was one vendor, in fact, that told me of all the customers that use both products, only 10% actually use the integration. And I thought that was startling. Yeah. So um, my feeling is we want to figure out important things and we want to solve those things really well. Yeah. Um, and that if we can solve them on a single platform, that's what our customers would prefer because they don't want to have to deal with 
piecing it together, wondering if it worked, wondering what happens when one updates and does the other one update. Um, when something goes wrong, who do I call? You know, that, that again is something that we pride ourselves on. We have great customer service and, you know, customer success. When people need support, we give them one number to call and, uh, we, you know, we want to be able to take care of those things. And so we don't want to be, we don't want to put our customers in a situation where, you know, we're saying, oh, it's, you know, you need to call them. And they're saying, no, you need to call my case. We really want to make sure we're delivering a solution that meets their needs. So we do have some integrations and we do have, um, a philosophy of, you know, if that's the way to solve the problem, we're not opposed to it. But um, I don't, I don't believe our customers want just easier ways to integrate with twelve different pieces of software. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why actually Nikki read my call. It certainly did not mean my call to mean that I was promoting integrations. I mean, over uh, over taking a, a, a cohesive and comprehensive approach, uh, because obviously from a user point of view. Uh, the more everything is in the same platform, the better off you are. And then there's also the price issue, which uh, is something else I've written about actually. But you know, when when you're doing these integrations, and the, for the most part, you're not having you're having to pay not just for the your monthly subscription to the practice management platform, but you're paying for your monthly subscription to uh, you know whatever it, it it might be out there that, that you're integrating with. So those can start to add up. Um, and, and again, I've Use the example before of, of the e-payment processing, but uh, I think you're one of the few platforms where that's just part of the part of your subscription price. You're not paying extra to be able to offer e-payments. I mean, you pay the processing fees or whatever. Right. But you're not having to pay an extra subscription to another company, whereas I think almost all the other companies are doing it through external subscriptions. Right, um, and I think that's I think that's a great example because building a payments platform is tough. And it's, it's an investment, you know, yeah. we're, we're making a big investment in our payments platform because we believe getting paid is a very important problem to our customers and that by building it right into the product, it gives us a lot of flexibility with things that we can do, like what we've done recently around payment reminder functionality. And there's, there's a lot of things that we're talking about related to payments that we think we are going to get a disproportionate benefit by owning that platform and being able to deliver more value to our customers and not being reliant on a third party and whether or not that's in their product roadmap to deliver that functionality to our customers. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a great example of something where it's very important. So, you know, we want to own that. We don't want to outsource that. Yeah. So what is your process for designing that product roadmap and for thinking about what enhancements to be focusing your attention on? It's, it is more art than science, I'll tell you that. And there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Um, like I say, for the most part, it's, it's really understanding what's important to our customers. I mean, it sounds but simple and it sounds, it sounds, uh, uh, I, I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking back to a conversation we had at Legal Tech, I think, where you said, everybody says that. So yeah. how are you guys different? And did uh, I say that? I, yeah, I was just thinking that again. Yeah. The the way that uh, you know, I I I assume that we're different is uh, because we are talking to our customers every single day. Um, we read every single piece of feedback they send us. We reach out to um, 
we reach out to them. And I, I've got some great examples, or I don't know if we'll have time to share them, but I think we surprise customers by the fact that they'll send us a piece of feedback and, you know, within 24 hours, we're calling them back to get more information or they say, you know, we have, we're in beta right now on some new mobile apps. And if they give us a piece of feedback on the mobile app and then the product manager of the mobile app calls them back and says, hey, we're doing that in the next release of the beta. Can I sign you up for the beta? And, they're, you know, they're blown away. Or someone that was just talking about how, um, we didn't have a great process to request payments into um, the trust account, and we were just about to roll it out. So the product manager uh, called her back, and you know she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is amazing. This is what I've been waiting for." And you know, um, those are the types of things that I think really let our customers know that that we are investing in this product, that the product's evolving, that they're a part of how the product evolves. There are more formal processes that we use for um, you know, really making sure we understand our customers and we're uh, delivering solutions that are gonna really meet their needs. But um, for the most part, I think you know, just having a really good sense of what's important and what's gonna bring the most value to to those customers is is kind of how we decide what we're going to do. Yeah. So can you tell us uh, maybe some recent uh, recent enhancements you've delivered or anything uh, coming down the pike that you can talk about at this point? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, you know, like I've said, we ha- we've had a team that's dedicated to the client portal. We've made a ton of enhancements there. We've improved the look and the feel of all the communications that go out to clients again because we know that it's really important to them you know, to to be a good representation of their firm. Um, We've given them a lot more transparency to what customers are doing in the portal. So, you know, they can see, did somebody view the invoice? Um, Did somebody view the document? And, you know, make sure that, that, you know, these things that they're sharing with their customers, with their clients, that their clients are actually engaging in. Um, So there's been a lot of movement on that front. There's been a lot of movement on the payments front, which we've already talked about. It's been a lot of just smaller enhancements as a way to kind of say, hey, we heard you, we're listening, functionality around, uh, you know, multiple timers or some sorting functionality or I feel like there's so much and I'm probably, I'm probably forgetting some of the bigger ones. Like I said, the mobile apps are coming. When's the mobile app coming? The mobile app is... Well, we're in beta right now. We keep adding, we add additional customers to the beta with each release. And with the goal is eventually to try to have as many of the customers that are currently using the apps in the beta and and kind of using the beta as their primary mobile application. And um, what we're expecting right now is probably the the fall yeah. of this year. You mentioned you were been in product management, I think, for 20 years, I think you said. Um, I'm just curious in in designing products for lawyers versus designing product for do I want to say normal people other people <laughs> uh, the rest of the world uh, is there anything specific that you that surprised you I guess about about working uh, in the legal space that uh, you hadn't seen in product design in other areas that you'd worked in before I have two two things that immediately came to mind. I think one is, um, no, nothing, nothing that's surprised me in terms of I hadn't seen before. I think one of the things that was a pleasant surprise was the fact that lawyers are so busy and they bill at very high, you know, rates. And 
So I figured it would be more difficult to have interactions with them, meaningful interactions with them, frequent interactions with them. I have found the complete opposite. Our customers and, and prospects, I find, are so generous with their time when they feel like they're listened to, when they feel like they're, they're influencing the direction of the product. I found them to be like unbelievably willing and, and generous to give feedback, um, which has been great. We have, we have, you know, so many teams here that are each reaching out to customers for different circumstances to get feedback, to get insights, to do qualitative interviews, to review prototypes. And we have never had difficulty, you know, getting that feedback, which is great. One of the things that I think is challenging is that, especially for a lot of people who don't use software or, you know, this is, they're new to some of these practice management um, um, capabilities, is lawyers are very set in their ways. They have very specific ways they want things done, and they want the software to work exactly the way that their practice works today. And so sometimes it's, it's difficult to kind of show them a way that might work better for them if it's not the way that works today. So I think, you know, in general, we try to recognize that it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's, you know, it things completely vary, not just by, you know, practice size or, you know, um, the type of, of work that you do, but just, you know, the way your firm works or the way you work as an individual. And so we try to build things in a way that allow that, um, you know, that customizable um, approach. But, you know, there's, there's certain things where, you know, it just doesn't meet everybody's needs. But if they could have a little bit more um, open-mindedness to a new way, there might be a better way for them to get something done. Tracy, is there anything else coming down the pipeline? Yeah, so we talked about a lot of the improvements that we've done to the client portal uh, to make that a better experience and also help our customers understand what their clients are experiencing. Um, but one of the one of the really exciting things is that we've actually done a full redesign of the client portal um, that's going to be starting beta test next month and will also be launching sometime this fall. It's designed completely with the client in mind and based on the, the things that they're trying to get done and the most common tasks that are done in the, in the portal. And it's also completely mobile responsive. And so it will work on any uh, smartphone, tablet, or computer that um, our, our customers' clients are trying to use, which should make it a uh, much more seamless experience for them and, and get them to engage with the portal more often. So the client will be able to access the portal directly from iPhone or wherever. Yeah, and they can do that now, but it just was an experience that wasn't designed for it. Yeah. So there's a lot of like pinching and, and scrolling that happens in the current experience that uh, won't have to happen in the mobile responsive experience. So it's be responsive and it'll be responsive it'll look It'll look great on all devices. Great. great. We are just about out of time, but was there anything else you were really hoping I was going to ask you about that you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about? I'll give you the last chance here. Oh, that's a good question. I don't think so. I think, uh, I think you know, you and I have had some chance to talk at, at different events, and it was just really um, exciting for me to have you in and be able to show you a little bit more about what we have going on here. I'm, I'm super excited about some things uh, coming down the road, and just, um, you know, it's nice to know that uh, you're getting a little bit of, 
uh, more detailed insight into that than than we've had a chance to uh, share in the past. So. Yeah, well, it's really fun to be here. It's fun to see your offices, and uh, very, it's a very cool-looking place here. Looks looks like a startup. Looks like a startup. Very cool. Well, Tracy, thanks a lot. Thanks for being my guest on the show. Thank you for having me. We've been talking with Tracy Stevens, Vice President of Product and Design at MyCase. That concludes this show. Stay tuned for uh, another program of Law Technology Now. Thanks for listening. information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.